Even though coronavirus might have forced the Ravens to play on a Wednesday, the Broncos to start a wide receiver from their practice squad at quarterback, and for Andy Reid to abandon his foggy face shield, we have finally reached the pinnacle of the NFL season. On Sunday night, the Chiefs will aim to defend their title, while Tom Brady will look to grab his seventh career Lombardi trophy at home in Tampa's Raymond James Stadium. Who will win? Find out on the Super Bowl mega preview episode of Stone Cold Sports Talk. Stone Cold Sports Talk, episode 35. Fitting that it's our 35th, which is not necessarily a milestone. I guess it's our fifth touchdown plus extra point. We don't have Harrison Butker as our kicker for extra points here on the Stone Cold Sports Blog podcast. Um, but milestone episode, Super Bowl mega preview, obviously this Sunday. Uh, is the official game time 6.30 or like 6.07 or something weird? Do we know? It says 6.30, but 6.50 is more like it. More anyway. 6.30 p.m., Super Bowl 55, the logo for which I do have a major disagreement with because the Lombardi right, yeah, right there kind of looks like it's an eye, which kind of makes it seem like, like it's, it's live like last year. Yes. I'm like, wait, did we like get stuck back in time or is Liv Cowherd like who the Super Bowl has been named after uh, for, the, for the second year in a row? Um, anyway. You can dream, Stone. <laughs> I can. I'd rather meet Colin. Um, anyway, Super Bowl 55. In Tampa, the Buccaneers' first home Super Bowl. Amazingly, the Saints didn't do it five years ago. A lot of things to talk about. Jay, no storyline more important than Eric Fisher. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, the Bucks. Excuse me, not the Bucks. The Chiefs. I'm going to get into the Bucks later. The Chiefs. They won the AFC Championship. I guess it's a week and a half ago now. And all was well and fine. Their defense played well. They held Buffalo to like a shell of itself offensively. But what a lot of people forgot about and either did not see or looked past because the Chiefs won the game was that they lost their starting left tackle, Eric Fisher, to a torn Achilles. And so you combine that injury, he's going to be out for a significant time. He may not even make the start of training camp next year. you got him. You've got Mitchell Schwartz, who has played, I think it's six games this year. And he's like they're all pro right tackles. So you take away the two bookend tackles, okay? And you combine that with the fact that Tampa Bay has the leading sack guy from last year, Shaq Barrett, and a pro bowler pass rusher, JPP, on the other side, going against two backup tackles. That spells disaster. In the last six games the Chiefs have played without Eric Fisher and they've had Patrick Mahomes, they are three and three. So that says a little bit that – some of those included Mitchell Schwartz because Eric Fisher does not miss games very often. But when he does, they are three and three. So keep that in mind whenever you're making a pick this week. They are I – I don't say they struggle without Eric Fisher because he is a left tackle, but he was a number one overall pick for a reason. He's a staple that offensive line, and he's not going to play, neither is Mitchell Schwartz. And their backup center also, I forget his name at the moment, he may not play because he got contact traced with COVID. That's a perfect segue. Daniel Kilgore and Demarcus Robinson. Daniel Kilgore being the backup center, former Miami Dolphin, fun fact. Um, both out on the COVID list. Demarcus Robinson, obviously, a slightly bigger loss uh, than Kilgore is, opening the door for uh, a potential Chris Matthews. Is that the name of the guy in the Seahawks who had the crazy game for uh, Byron Pringle to potentially become the next Chris Matthews and go off with uh, unexpected? 
maybe it means it's time for tight end Nick Kaiser at 6'4", 251 to fill the role of Demarcus Robinson, who's probably 6'1", <laughs> 185. Um, anyway, both of them out. Uh, other st- notable storyline story broke today. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers will not be permitted to fire the cannons in the end zone. Um, they will fall silent in the in uh, Pinellas County on Sunday evening. And even if the Bucks win, I don't think they're going to be able to use the pirate ship, which kind of means the pirate ship is just for show, which is, I mean, a lot, a lot more disappointing. It's basically the pool and uh, up in Jacksonville, it's just kind of there, um, but can't be used like a pool can. Anyway, as we all know, these two teams met in December, the chiefs won 27, 24 Tyreek Hill finished with 13 catches for 269 yards, um, including that first quarter where I think he had seven for 200, right. And two touchdowns. Um, around that Mahomes threw for 462 on 49 attempts and three touchdowns. Um, but another big storyline this week, obviously the quarterback controversy, you've seen all of the memes and fun facts on, uh, on Twitter and Instagram about the age difference between Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. William, what do you think this game represents for the NFL as a, a potential milestone and kind of bookend to Tom Brady's career winning Super Bowls? I think this is exactly what the NFL wanted to see. Um, I think that, you know, whether it go Tom Brady's way, the NFL will love it. That'll, he'll go down to seven Super Bowls, and he says he wants to play until he's 45, which seems ridiculous. But honestly, Brady's superhuman, so I can get behind that. Um, and also, this could be the beginning of a Mahomes dynasty. Uh, and, you know, Mahomes and Brady went toe-to-toe in the AFC Championship, mm-hmm. I think, three years ago, and Brady got the best of him. And now they meet again, different team for Brady. And I think that this time – you know, it's the, obviously the stakes are higher. Mahomes has a couple of years under his belt, um, but it's just a clash here. You have the young upstart quarterback, probably going to win close to as many Super Bowls as Tom if he keeps the same team. And then the guy who's aiming for seven seems ridiculous. But I mean, it's a great narrative, narrative and I think it's exactly what the NFL wanted. And on the other injury news, uh, while we're just pivoting back to that briefly, uh, Antoine Winfield, the first round pick at safety for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who had a huge first half uh, against the Packers before he ended up um, going out with an ankle injury, says that he plans on playing despite still being hobbled. Um, or no, he didn't get hurt in the game. Never mind. He got hurt in practice the week leading up to the Packers game, didn't play on Sunday. Um, he will be, he's at least saying he will be in action on Sunday, um, as will we anticipate Clyde Edwards Alaire at running back the week one fantasy football sensation, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who uh, never quite lived up to the hype the rest of the season, but lots of different moving parts. Um, a crucial next couple of days on the the COVID front for the NFL and making sure that everyone's available. Um, wouldn't be surprised if we saw Super Bowl Wednesday if Patrick Mahomes somehow <laughs> got infected uh, just because, you know, uh, they love that rate. They love those ratings. Um, Taft, what do you think, uh, speaking of different sorts of, uh, of COVID stuff going on, um, different sorts of protocols are now in place for CBS. What do you know about uh, the way that the broadcasters are preparing for this game um, differently from how certainly how Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were preparing for the Super Bowl last year? Um, what sorts of things are going on uh, to make sure that everything goes as planned? Yes, yeah, and obviously it's a lot different this year um, with COVID and on the field, in the locker rooms, but also in the broadcasting booth and with the media. Um, they have media day for every Super Bowl, um, but this year's was a little different. Radio Row, as they call it, was empty, which is just a weird site. So a lot of different preparations. Um, usually every media outlet 
for any football team or anyone covering the NFL will go to the um, site of the Super Bowl, so they'd all be in Tampa. There's really no media people there now, um, except for Tony Romo and Jim Nance, who will be calling this Super Bowl. It's going to be the duo's second time calling Super Bowl. They did the 2019 um, Super Bowl, and the interesting storyline about this is just Jim Nance has the dream job. He's going to be calling the Super Bowl. Right after that, he's going to be calling March Madness in the NCAA tournament. And then that will be followed by the Masters the next week. It's just incredible. Every time Jim Nance calls the Super Bowl, you just – I can't even fathom um, what it would be like to cover the Super Bowl, the Mar- March Madness, and then the Masters. In my opinion, the three greatest sporting events, or at least my three favorites. Absolutely. Jim Nance uh, in, in years where he's got the Super Bowl, or he already has the be- one of the best jobs on the planet, and when he gets to call the Super Bowl along with it, um, even more so – Obviously, Super Bowl Sunday, a major gambling holiday in the United States. Virginia has finally come into the uh, 21st century legalized sports wagering for those 21 or up. So William and I still have a little bit of time to wait uh, before we can get on FanDuel and start putting our prop bets together. But it's not going to stop us from talking about pie in the sky parlays. Jay, give us a little bit more about your crazy parlay for this week. Let's knock this one out really quickly. Um... This is not part of the parlay. This is a separate bet. This is pretty safe, but I'm actually going that this Super Bowl will be under the 56 and a half point uh, over under that they have set for this game. The last game, as high scoring as it was and as offensively powered as it was, and Tyree Kill going for 300 yards and Holmes for 470 and Brady, blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Scores 27 24. Over, that was a score of 51, and they're expecting that to go up by five and a half points even after all that offensive explosion. I don't see it happening. Um, I've got a final score a little lower than that, but finally to the actual parlay itself, I've got Travis Kelsey scoring a touchdown at some time in the game. That's pretty much guaranteed. Darrell Williams scoring a touchdown at some point in the game. They're going to have one on the ground, and we've seen Eric, excuse me, Andy Reid not really trust Clyde edwards alaire in the postseason, whether it be coming off of injury or the fact he's a rookie or just maybe he doesn't like him as much for some reason. So I think Daryl Williams will get in the end zone. I think Tyreek Hill will get in the end zone. Who knows from how long? It could be 80. It could be five yards on a little jet sweep. Who knows? Um, and I stayed away. Do not bet on any Bucks player to score a touchdown because, you honest, we have no clue. It could be Cameron Bray, Tyler Johnson, like William was, may talk about later. Literally anybody in Tampa can score a touchdown, so I didn't bet on any of them to do that. I have Brady going over 296 and a half passing yards. I just think he's gonna. It's it's Super Bowl Tom Brady. You got it. he's he's gonna do what he wants to do. So I got him over 296 and a half. I also have Mahomes over 329 and a half. He had 470 the last game. I don't think he'll hit that number, but he'll easily get over 330. Three. I think his average is. Three, it's either 318 or 330 for the year. I think we'll get over that. And that is a plus 2410 payout, $2,410 for a payout. Will Jay still be on this podcast if he ends up hitting that parlay? What are the. Well, if he actually bets, if he actually bets it, which he won't. I, but. I had a friend for the viewers out there, I had a friend this week named Graham Tuck. I've known him since middle school. He had a four-part and a five-part parlay this week in the NBA and the NHL. 
one one in forty eight dollars, one one in fifty two dollars. If he had put them together and had all nine hit at the same time, he would have won twelve hundred dollars on a ten dollar bet. So if you're gonna put them, if you're gonna make a bunch of different little things, you're gonna do two here, two here, three there, three there. It's the Super Bowl. Put them all together, go all in. Especially if you're not gonna put so much money on it. But I, I don't. I've never. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I would feel pretty confident in mine this week, but I don't know if I'm actually going to do it or not. All right, my pie in the sky parlay. Under the over/under has just moved to 55 and a half, or at least it did on FanDuel. Um, so under 55 and a half points. Travis Kelsey over 98 and a half receiving yards. As I've said for the last couple of weeks, it seems as though uh, Travis Kelsey is always available for nine yards, and he has, you know, I think could have 10 or 12 catches in this game, so that'll get him. Uh, around that number um, Mahomes under 329 and a half though I do think that Tampa runs the football a lot they chew up a lot of clock um, in the Super Bowl especially we've seen Tom Brady uh, in a lot of games have a super slow pace on offense just to try to he uh, I've heard this said a couple of times on different in, in various places that he is kind of like a boxer trying to feel his opponents out so he's not going to be throwing 40 yard bombs on second and six very methodical and death by a thousand cuts just like he was in New England so I don't think that um, it's not going to be a 400-yard passing day for Mahomes, and not to mention, not just because of the whole Brady pace thing, but also because Tampa has a pretty darn good defense, and um, they can certainly hem in some of those weapons as much as they can. And then the kicker here to get this one to be a worthwhile parlay is Scotty Miller, anytime touchdown scorer um, for Tampa Bay. We all know the um, Julian Edelman, Scotty Miller type that Tom Brady seems to <laughs> seems to rely on more and more. Um, that pay would pay out. Uh, or the payout on that, the odds are plus uh, 5,088. So that means that on a hundred dollar bet, you're winning um, $5,000. So if you put 10 bucks on that, you're winning 500, I think. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that, that's my parlay for the week. And I feel reasonably good about it, except for the Scotty Miller part, which is the only thing that gives it any value. William, you've got, you've got one that's uh, just by itself, a pretty, uh, pretty high number. Yeah. I mean, no parlay necessary. I'm just going with, most receiving yards in general, uh, Antonio Brown. Um, this is kind of on the basis that the Chiefs have a very good secondary, and I expect Bashad Breland and God, I don't know the other guys, Kendall Fuller, maybe. Legarius Sneed. Legarius Sneed, the rookie. Um, Juan Thornhill, come on. And he's a safety. I mean, none <laughs> of these guys can touch AB. Still in his prime, I think. Sorensen. Yeah, I don't think Soren's targeting master, uncalled uh, targeting master. Yeah, yes. Well, didn't AB have um, how many yards did he have against the? He had over a hundred. I think it might have been in the regular season. I haven't seen him go over a hundred yards too many times. But this could be one of those weird breakout games for that third guy in the offense. Talked about Chris Matthews. You know, maybe Tyler Johnson gets involved. I do love me some Tyler Johnson. I loved him in Minnesota. And I love him in this spot now to get a random touchdown. You never know where the Bucks are going to end up. Um, and the last regular, very, what I was just saying uh, to fact check you, the last regular season game, 14 targets, 11 catches, 138 yards and two touchdowns. And Tom gave him a little extra Tom gave him those extra targets so he could get his, uh, get his payment. And it happened in 2021, January well, 3rd. Here's your so. trivia piece. Who had the second most receiving yards in the regular season when these two teams got together? Tyreek Hill was one, obviously, who was number two between both teams. 
Well, if you're asking, oh, oh, uh, ooh, this guy, maybe this guy, no way. Can't remember, Ant- right? Gronk. Is it Anthony Sherman? Oh, it was Gronk. Gronk had six for 106. That's right. Darn. Gronk is, yeah, I don't think Gronk's going to be, uh, Gronk could be relevant in this game. It's been relevant in the super, that terrible Super Bowl against the Rams. But I like it. Bet on Antonio Brown. Like this is free betting advice I'm giving away. Free advice. And you know, I think on Sunday night we're gonna see why it's free advice and it's not a it's not risk, a paywall don't risk for this. Too much, right? We're only saying half your card payment, okay? And give me a commission. <laughs> Taft. <laughs> Taft your bets of the week. Yeah, mine are a little um, more in my opinion, reasonable. Then Williams won. Big bet for AB. I have Leonard Fournette, first touchdown, plus 900. Um, I think that it's going to be a run-heavy game, contrary to common belief. I just think that Tom Brady – I think that the um, strategy is going to be to slow the pace of the game down um, for both teams. And Leonard Fournette is generally the guy that the Chiefs put in – excuse me, that the Bucs put in whenever they're down close to the goal line. So I could see him punching it in. Um, for the first touchdown of the game, and it's plus 900. And then second bet that I like, Tyreek Hill will have a rushing attempt. Um, Jay mentioned the possible jet sweep earlier, and I think that that's a very um, high possibility or he just gets it um, on a pass that just happens to be one yard um, behind the line where Patty Mahomes threw it from. That's minus 200. I think that he will have at least one rushing attempt. And then my last prop bet for the Super Bowl, Tom Brady under in passing attempts, 39 and a half. Um, I want Tom Brady to have a big game. I think he's going to play great and have a um, another outstanding Super Bowl performance, but I don't think he'll throw the ball more than 40 times. Uh, if you look back in this year's playoffs, he threw it 40 times against Washington, but that game was just weird. And I'm not, we don't even act like that wild card matchup happened. And then after that, it was a fever dream. Yes, he had 33 attempts against the Saints and 36 against the Packers. I don't think he'll throw any more than that. I think it'll be somewhere around like mid-30s, so under 39 passing attempts. So I do have this question for my football statistician experts. So for it to be a rushing attempt, it's got to be like a handoff or a backward pass, right? Like it's not just behind the line of scrimmage. Pop pass does not count as okay. So like the so the little like the little thing where Mahomes or Tyreek comes across the middle, Mahomes catches it, but instead of like it being a clean you know handoff, and he just kind of pops it out, that's a pass attempt. Yes. Okay. So it's got to be. I I could totally see that being a photo finish where there's like a class action lawsuit filed against Bavada or something because they're like, sorry, according to our (laughs) according to our algorithm, it was a pop pass, not a rushing attempt. That definitely makes me rethink that prop. But I was thinking it as a fantasy footballer, um, in the sense where that'd be nice for PPR. Yeah. No, I, I, no, well, Tyreek, Tyreek still gets rushing attempts. Like, I think his longest play from scrimmage against the Dolphins in week 12 was on a little end around. Like, that was a legit bona fide handoff behind the line of scrimmage there's still a shot i think it's a good bet well like the wild like a wildcat action that's a rushing attempt i'm pretty sure yeah 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 if you're if you're the one who kept if you're carrying the football and it's not on a forward I would pass not be surprised if in some sort of gadget play at the goal line they bring him in and put him in at running back and give him like a toss sweep carry no I see the, the the one play i want to see again that they keep running i remember they ran it in the buffalo game is that little uh um that little like 
roll out to the right and then the little shovel pass inside with like a pulling guard going ahead. That's just beautiful. The uh, enemy play design. Um, but uh, anyway, let's get down to the nitty gritty of it. Who's going to win this game? Jay, you're on deck. I've actually, never... if we're a sports podcast up to bat, not on deck. It's Sorry. It's tough. Um, A lot of people have asked me this question over the last two weeks, and I it's it, it's just tough because you want to you've either got the greatest of all time and all of his weapons, or the potential greatest of all time and all of his weapons minus two offensive tackles. And I mean Defense Matt Stone defense actually matters in this game. Like whether you want to believe it or not, a defense is going to win a team a football game. They're going to force a turnover. They're going to get a stop at some point in the game that is going to win a championship. So I've got the Bucks 24-22 strictly because the Bucks' pass rush against two backup tackles will have a greater impact than Chris Jones and Frank Clark will against a fully healthy Bucks offensive line. It's going to come down to who gets after the quarterback better. And I mean, replacing an all pro in Schwartz, and then you're basically another all pro pro bowler guy and Eric Fisher on both sides. I don't, I just see Tampa having too much of a pass rush to lose this game. fair um taft any differences of opinion there like jay i've been going very back and forth on this pick like ever since uh the chiefs were beating the bills like handily in the second half i just started thinking about this matchup and i really it was hard for me to pick my winner um but i have one and i'm pretty confident in it so out of all the quarterback matchups that we've seen in this playoffs this one is my favorite. We saw Tom Brady face Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers, two of, in my opinion, the top five quarterbacks of all time. Um, he handled them fairly easy. And now he's playing Patrick Mahomes, who is very likely to end up being in the conversation for one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So it's, I heard Laura Rutledge say it's the goat versus the baby goat. And I think that it is exactly that. So I think it's going to be a very fun matchup to watch. The Chiefs won the first meeting in Tampa, 27-24. They'll definitely have some confidence because of that. Their offense is just so hard to stop. We saw it in the Bills game especially. You just get Tyreek in open space, and it's just like trying to tackle a cheetah. And then I think that the Chiefs also have an underrated defense. They've been playing really well all season, um, and I think that they don't get enough credit. However, Lee Corso points his finger the Bucks have one player that's going to make the difference, and that is Tom Brady looking for his seventh Super Bowl victory, which is just unfathomable. Um, and I think Tom Brady will be the difference in this game, just his leadership and his veteran mentality. He's been here. This will be his 10th Super Bowl. And I think that that is going to be the leading factor. It's going to be a close game down the stretch, but if there's any player in the world that I want to have the ball in their hands – on a final drive down four, it's Tom Brady. And I think that he would drive them down the field and get a game winning touchdown to win 28 to 24. Bucks money line and the under. Like it? I like 
William, are you gonna zag here, or you're gonna uh, are you gonna keep the Bucks bandwagon alive oh, and well? Going to the Chiefs. Uh, I my score prediction is thirty three to twenty six. The Kansas City Chiefs over the Bucks. Um, I think that Mahomes simply too good of a quarterback here. And he has experience in the Super Bowl. He has experience in the postseason. This is not like Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. This guy is the best quarterback in the league, and he is a great postseason quarterback as well. Um, I think that Mahomes still is a great quarterback under pressure. He's one of the few quarterbacks who actually, I believe, thrives under pressure. Um, And we could be underestimating the competency of the two tackles who are replacing Schwartz and Eric Fisher. No, the rule – no, injury press coverages rules say that you have to assume everyone who's a backup is a bum and that they don't even deserve to see the field ever. You have to make it seem like it's the biggest step down of all time, even if it might not be. Kind of like with the Packers. Well, you got to think about it. There's only so much. to debunk that. Each team only gets so much cap space. And when you allot so much of your cap space to your quarterback, your starting right tackle, your starting left tackle, your safety, your tight end, and your receiver, there's not much left for backup tackles. You can't pay them that much. All right. All right. Hear, hear me out, though. Jason Pierre-Paul doesn't have a finger. These guys have two hands. They should be able to block him. And I think that they, they will scheme well. The enemy and the O-line coach will scheme well for – I mean, that's all they – like, they know they can shred this secondary. And I know it's hard to scheme for a pass rush, but – I know the Chiefs can get creative, and I have faith in them winning this game. And even though everything, I the odds seem very stacked against them because they're playing in Tampa. It's Tom, and it's going to be this crazy story. I still think that I think that the Chiefs are looking, you know, looking very good. And we were talking, we were we were doubting the Chiefs earlier this season, saying are they the worst, what, fourteen win team? And now they're back in the Super Bowl. No, so the, the most unimpressive. We not say the worst. We said the most. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Unimpre- the, unimpre- the Steelers were the worst 11 win team. That there's a difference. Most unimpressive, also known as least impressive. I don't know why I worded that in such a double negative way. That was kind of stupid. But anyway, William Chiefs. Yes. Yeah, and Byron Pringle is going to have a massive night. I agree, even though I thought his name was Chris Pringle up until about 40 minutes ago before and we went on the don't air. Don't bet on Michael um, Hardman in DraftKings, but if you do, or I mean, well, actually, if you do bet on Michael Hardman, he will get you three catches for 20 yards. But if you don't bet on him, he will get you five catches for 100 yards and a touchdown. Morning. Exactly. Um, my philosophy on it is this as much as we love Tom Brady in Super Bowls, which I do, he's the greatest quarterback of all time, undisputed. It would take Mahomes would have to have just one. I mean, no, Mahomes would have to have the most impressive career of any NFL quarterback in history to even get close to dwarfing Tom Brady. But that being said, you still have to remember that the Chiefs won the earlier meeting by just three. They seemed like they let their foot off the gas pedal. They probably could have won by 10 to 15, maybe 20, if they just managed things a little bit differently in the second half. You also have to remember that the Chiefs at any time have Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and that their receiving core, even or their, their weapons outside of that are even deep. Edwards and Lair is uh, known to have the um, known to have the occasional big play. 
Um, Miko Hardman, as we saw, uh, made up for his muffed uh, punt in the AFC Championship and had a play, uh, a, ni- a nice play there. And the Bills' offense had Stefan Diggs. It had, uh, it didn't have Zach Moss. Had Devin Singletary and Josh Allen, a guy who was getting MVP consideration earlier in the season and played at an MVP level uh, in the last three or four games of the regular season and in the playoffs. And they held them to 24 points, but really, if you consider it, it was like 15 points. They shut that offense down when it mattered most. Um, I feel like I feel the same way I felt three weeks ago, where we are going to feel like idiots on Monday morning if we wake up after all of this talk about Bucks, 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 Brady, Brady, Brady. And then, oh, right, the Kansas City Chiefs, the team that went 14 and two in the regular season, could have gone 15 and one, could have gone 16 and 0. If uh, they if they didn't get Gruden in like week whatever and that always happens with John Gruden you got the one game where you're like best hundred million dollars over ten years we ever spent um, but yeah I, I don't I, I there's no chance that I am going to pick against Patrick Mahomes Andy Reid Tyree Kill Travis Kelsey Clyde Edwards Alaire Frank Clark Chris Jones in the Super Bowl no matter how good Tampa is they have an incredible team. But and I and Brady has never played a team like this in a Super Bowl. Never played a team like that. The closest thing would be the Seahawks, but they what? Like we were saying before the podcast. He's also, never played, on, he's also never played on a team like this in the Super Bowl. Look at all of his targets. He never had that in New England. He had Julian Edelman and Gronk to throw the ball to. Okay, Randy Moss. By Randy him, Moss. Randy Moss by himself is the equivalent of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. All right, but you still have. All the other guys, Cameron Bray, yeah. Gronk as well, Godwin. Um, I mean, he had Gronk. I just think he has, Gronk, way more targets. he has way more targets this year than he has in the new year. Um, don't want to count out Randy Moss, but then again, it was Randy Moss and Gronk. Who else? The, this the year, team, Stone, Stone you're, for, you're playing recency bias. The team most equivalent to this Chiefs team was the greatest team on turf that Brady beat in his first Super Bowl win. That team was like statistically, in terms of compared to the rest of the league, that team was most similar to this Chiefs team. The C- the Seahawks were defense and run the ball. Kurt Warner was not Pat, obviously not Patrick Mahomes, but it was kind of a similar thing with Marshall Fall. Yeah, that's fair. But I, Brady Brady's forty three. It's impressive he's made it thus far, but I would be stunned. If this were the case. All right. So a couple final. I, anyway. like, I want to um, go to when you were talking about their first meeting when the Chiefs won and you said they could have won by 10 or 15. They won by three. Like, come on. If they if they could have beat them by 10, they would have done it. I don't. That know. was the backdoor cover of the year. The, okay. They were up 10 in the fourth quarter and the Chiefs spent the entire second half of their season not blowing out teams that they had the capability to blow out. So then when they got to the yeah. Super Bowl, they could just go off. Uh, it's, it's a bad it's a bad argument. Uh, but, to say uh, they could have won by how much? Because like the score was what the score was, but that wasn't the Super Bowl. This is the Super Bowl. Like they're I not gonna that Bucks team in what was it week seven? I think that Bucks week team twelve, twelve, complete still completely different. Yeah. than it is now, and the main difference is that that was the Bruce Arians Buccaneers team, and slowly over time, as you're starting to see by just how much better the Bucks have been playing recently, especially in the playoffs, it became Tom, the Tom Brady. Tom Brady is leading that team. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I don't think the 27-24 outcome in week 12 um, is the best way to judge how this Super Bowl is going to go. I mean, both teams have evolved, but it's important to remember Kansas City's offense also exploded in the AFC Championship game. Um, and 
they would have won both their playoff games by double digits had Patrick Mahomes not gotten concussed. I don't think there's any doubt about that. They scored every single drive Patrick Mahomes played in against Cleveland, who was a pretty frisky team by the uh, by the middle of the playoffs there. And as much as both these things have changed, I'm not saying that Kansas City is going to blow them out. My score prediction is 27-23 uh, Kansas City. I think it's a close game. I think it's you know the the Super Bowl we all deserve in a, in a year like this. But um, I just – I'm not going to be, I would not be surprised if the Bucks won. Obviously it's a Super Bowl. It's like, it's never shocking when the team you pick against um, wins, but I'm not going to, there's no way I'm going to go down in history as picking against, against this 14 and two juggernaut of a team that has won 24 of its last 25 or something crazy like that uh, when they have their best players in the field to that yeah. end. And there's no way in my mind that I'm going to pick against the goat Tom Brady in a Super Bowl. I also picked Brady in the, and actually our first Super Bowl preview, I picked Brady over the Eagles. Um, and I think I was nice. in the minority. I think I was, I think I was uh, in the minority on that one. I think Taft picked the Eagles. So Taft is flip-flopping on Tom Brady and his, and, uh, and all of his wisdom. Yes, and this will be the first official Super Bowl that I'm cheering for Tom Brady. Wow. And I think that Tom Brady on the Buccaneers was the first time I'd ever cheer for him. In so closing question, do the Chiefs reach dynasty status for the win? Not yet. I, I read an article. Dynasty three championship appearances, two and two wins. So, the Warriors were a dynasty. The Chiefs will be a dynasty if they get back to the stage next year, whether or not they win or lose. Yeah, I think that they definitely will be eventually, um, because I don't see any team stopping them in the near future. But I don't think it's you can say it just yet. I mean, I remember I wrote an article for this blog on if Clemson would be a dynasty if they beat Bama last year. And I was, it seemed like it was pretty, um, I said I was in favor of Clemson and people were against that just because they hadn't done it for long enough. Um, and the Chiefs have only done it really three years now. I think that they'll get there eventually. Like it's saying, is Patrick Mahomes going to be a top five quarterback of all time if he wins the Super Bowl? No, but he will be eventually. But it's interesting to see. I think they are right now if they win just because they never really – they were never really an – they didn't have – so most dynasties in their first year of becoming a dynasty, they have this sort of underdog vibe mentality about them. Um, like Alabama, the Alabama football dynasty was an underdog when they played Florida in the 2009 SEC championship, and that was like – that was their coming out party. Like, okay, here we are. And like even though the Chiefs, there was obviously that 50-year drought and the team of destiny thing last year, but – Two years ago, they hosted a home playoff game against the New England Patriots and lost it. But they were the they were the they were Goliath in that game. They were Goliath in the Super Bowl last year, and they're Goliath again in the Super Bowl this year. Um, now, obviously, uh, Tom Brady is coming at them with a little more than slingshots. He's got Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, uh, playoff Lenny, and uh, and Rob Gronkowski. But I, I think they're a dynasty if they win this one. No team has gone back to back since the Patriots, who, as we all know. Uh, we're, we're quite the dynasty for the, the 20 years preceding this. Um, I think they hit that status with, with a win here. Anything else uh, to raise for discussion for the good of the group? No, I'll just say, and I think that we can all agree on this, that the fact that we're splitting this, two people think it's going to be Bucks, two people think it's going to be Chiefs, and we really don't know how this game could go down is just awesome as a sports fan that you have this Super Bowl matchup where you really don't know how it's going to go and also just the luster of the two quarterbacks and the offenses. I'm very excited for Sunday to come around um, and I think it's going to be a, a very entertaining game to watch. 
One might say we will be waiting all day for Sunday night. Carrie Underwood. That's a fact. Confucius. Um, that's all for episode 35 of Stone Cold Sports Talk. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday, 6.30 p.m. on CBS. Enjoy it. Go Bucks. Go Chiefs. It doesn't matter. We got a Super Bowl. We made it through the season. Football happened. Block out the haters. Chug along. And we have reached the mountaintop. And it, this could be the best Super Bowl of our lifetime. So enjoy it. We'll see you next time.